Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, November 26th. Happy Good Grief Day, which celebrates the birthday of Charles M. Schultz, who, if you don't know, drew the Peanuts comic strip from 1950 till he died in 2000, which, if you don't know, a comic strip is a sequence of cartoon drawings that tell a story and were printed in something called newspapers, which, if you don't know, a newspaper is like this giant booklet-looking thing that used to come out every morning and had all of yesterday's news in it. It's kind of like CNN for electricity. Kids on bicycles used to get up at 3 a.m. and throw one into everybody's driveway, which, if you don't know, at one time, kids were allowed to go outside. They even wanted to, and were even allowed to have jobs, like delivering papers. No, really, Google it. It'll blow your mind. And even if you are too young to have seen a newspaper or been outside, you're probably familiar with Chuck Schultz because of the Charlie Brown TV specials that show up every year about this time. The most famous is the Christmas one, which I will never not watch for two reasons. Number one, Linus quotes the Book of Luke right there on TV, which to this day I still can't believe the B system lets happen. And B, one of the finest jazz pianists ever, Vince Guaraldi, does the music. Cause I got a theory, check it out. Studies show that complicated music is good for your brain and can even bump your IQ a few points. And the younger you are, the better it works. And back in the old days, kids shows used to sneak this amazing music in on us. Like John Costa from Mr. Rogers or darn near anything from Looney Tunes. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I gotta believe they knew what they were doing and that it was subversive. Because you and I both know the last thing the beast system wants is kids with healthy brains. I mean, look around. Our reading for today is Daniel 2.24 through 3.30, 1 Peter 4.7 through 5.14, Psalm 119.81 through 96, and Proverbs 28.15 and 16. So if y'all are ready, man, peanuts comic strips, paper routes, good grief I'm getting old. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on November 25th in the Old Testament, we read Daniel 1-1 through 2-23. We started a new book. And remember when Ezekiel talked about how Nebuchadnezzar rolled in and took all the upper-class types he could carry back to Babylon? And then in the next batch, he took all the artists and craftsmen, but he left all the farmers to work the land? Remember that? Well, Daniel was some kind of high-born teenager, maybe descended from Hezekiah, and he got took in the first truckload. And he was probably about 18, but maybe as young as 12 when he was taken. And the captivity wasn't like being enslaved. It kind of was, but the idea is Nebuchadnezzar wanted all the children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. He wanted to take all their best and turn them into Babylonians, basically, and wipe out their culture. And I'm struck that this works every time it's tried, except with the Jews. Mm -hmm. No matter where in the world the Jews land, in whatever culture, they still remain Jews. And they stuck it out so long like that, that they eventually came back together in their own original country. A piece of it, anyway because God needs them at the end times. So the king put Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, in charge of them. 
and said, take these scrawny little punks and feed them all the best stuff from my own food stores and work with them for the next three years so that by the end of that time, maybe they'll be worthy to stand in my presence. And somebody's full of themselves. (laughs) But that's what happens when God puts you in charge of the whole Middle East. Now, among this particular group of captives were the children of Judah, the tribe of Judah. They weren't literal brothers with a dad named Judah, but they were four buddies named Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And part of the whole wiping out the culture thing was the king gave them new names. He gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. A lot of people pronounce it Abednego, but it's actually Abednego. So we got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I heard one preacher call them Meshach, Yoshach, and a bungalow. And I'm going to have a real hard time not saying that every time their names come up. (laughs) But he gave unto Daniel, which means God is my judge, the name Belteshazzar, which means Bel's prince, or he whom Bel favors. And Bel was the main god of Babylon. And Hananiah, he renamed Shadrach. And Hananiah means whom Jehovah has graciously given, which is real pretty. But Shadrach means young friend of the king, or it might mean rejoicing in the way. And Mishael, he called Meshach. And Mishael means who is what God is, which is clever. Meshach, they ain't sure what that means. It might mean a little sheep and may have had something to do with his beauty, his gentleness, or lamb-like disposition. And to Azariah, he named Abednego. And Azariah means whom Jehovah helps. And Abednego means a servant of Nego, or possibly Nebo, which was probably the planet Mercury that the Arabs worshipped as the celestial scribe or writer god. Anyway, whatever. Daniel decides he's not going to defile himself with the king's food and tells Ashpenaz, the master of eunuchs, and Daniel's good buddy by this time, we ain't eating that trash. But Ashpenaz is like, you better or we're all going to be in trouble. He tells Melzar, actually, that the prince of the eunuchs set over them four troublemakers, but whatever, they ain't doing it. He says, tell you what, for the next 10 days, just give us pulse and water and see if we don't look healthier than any of y'all. And pulse is specifically like legumes, peas and beans that come in a pod. But probably what he really meant was vegetables in general. And Melzar's like, deal. And 10 days later, they all look so healthy that Melzar put everybody on that diet. And in verse 17 says, as for these four children, so they were pretty young, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. They were apparently good students. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams, prophetic gift right out the gate. And they got a rep in all matters of wisdom and understanding. And Nebuchadnezzar found them four guys 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. So chapter two, come to find out, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream that flat freaks him out and he can't sleep. So he rounds up all his magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to shew the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And he's like, tell me what this dream is all about. And they're all like, well, let's hear it. But the king's like, no, if y'all are as good as y'all keep telling me you are, then you ought to be able to guess it. But if you can't and y'all lying to me this whole time, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. And all the magician types are like, well, you're being unreasonable. But Neb says, quit stalling and make with the wizardry, you bunch of crooks. Nebuchadnezzar's an all or nothing kind of guy. <laughs> and I suspect he wanted to be rid of him anyway and took this opportunity. But they're like, yeah, we can't do it. 
So Neb sends Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, to kill everybody. But Daniel finds Arioch and is like, what's the trouble, Bubble? So Arioch fills him in and he's like, is that all? No problem. Give me 24 hours. We got this. So Daniel goes back to his buddies and says, I got good news and bad news. Good news is I bought us 24 hours. The bad news is we got 24 hours. (laughs) So they get to praying hard as they can. And guess what? That night, Daniel gets a vision, which Daniel is so happy and grateful and relieved about it. He writes a song right there on the spot. So what was this vision? Well, stick around. I'll read it to you in about five minutes. And it's a trip. Daniel has helped me a lot over the years. Here's young Daniel carried away from everything he knew and loved to a strange land to serve a foreign king. They took everything from him and wanted to change his identity, but he was not going to let them separate him from God. What could a slave do to please God? Well, getting rid of the meat would eliminate concern over eating anything unclean, and no wine would put them at ease or dull their mind, so eliminated the meat and the wine. According to the NAS, he and his friends were being reared for a three-year period, but God had other plans. The dream came when Daniel and his friends were in the first year of training. The dream was in Nebuchadnezzar's second year, and he reigned from 605 to 562. 606, which is also the year of the first raid, Daniel and his friends were in that raid. Young Daniel's confidence in God enabled him to reason with Arioch and get an audience with the king. He went home to his friends and prayed for the interpretation and the dream. That prayer was answered in a night vision to Daniel just a few hours later. Awesome. God says, I will answer those that love me. Daniel dug in where he was and how he could honor God in spite of being stolen from his family and homeland. And we frequently think we can't put God first, tend to his word, tend to him. But Daniel changed what he could, his diet to keep his conscience clear. He did what he could do to put God first as a slave in Babylon. And then in the New Testament, we read 1 Peter 3, 8 through 4, 6. And that starts out, finally, be ye all of one mind. Y'all got to get on the same page and try to show some compassion for each other and love as brethren. Stop all that fussing and fighting and be the blessing to others that y'all is called to be, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Keep your mouth shut and be happy, in other words. Eschew evil and do good. Seek peace. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And I can't stop hearing the theme for Walker, Texas Ranger when I read that. (laughs) The eyes of the ranger are upon you. Any wrong you do, he's going to see. He says, if you suffer for righteousness sake, be happy. That's actually an honor. That means you're a real Christian. And if that's the way it's going to go for you, then be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. And it took me a long time to figure this out, but that question them street evangelists like to hit you with, why are you going to heaven? The answer is because Jesus Christ died for my sin. It's not because I'm a Christian. Subtle distinction, very important. If I think I'm going to heaven because of anything that I did, like become a Christian, or become whatever my own interpretation of a Christian is, 
because my Christianity is the way to go and yours is not as good. And if that's your mindset, you're worshiping self and you're going to be in that I never knew you crowd. I don't care how many demons you cast out. The only one who did anything in this scenario is Jesus. So stay focused there. Put your faith there and lean not unto your own understanding. Yes. And he says, don't worry if ye suffer for well-doing, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. And now he's gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. And in chapter four, it says, for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. In other words, go on and get your head wrapped around the idea that you are going to suffer just for being a Christian. The world hates people like us. He says, think back when we was part of the world, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Now that y'all left all that, the world thinks y'all are weird and speaking evil of you that run not the streets with them to the same excess of riot. I may have ad-libbed a word or two there. (laughs) For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. We just read how quickly God responded to the effectual prayer of the righteous in the book of Daniel. Peter tells us, keep a good conscience. Well, Daniel did that too. Stick together and stay the course, regardless of circumstances. Daniel did that. So, Daniel leaves us without excuse. If we are suffering for righteousness, be happy. At least it isn't for wrongdoing. And Peter warns, be prepared for adversity, not surprised by it. And at the same time, be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks why we have hope in us. Faith is the substance of hope. So let people see hope and they will want it. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 119, 65 through 80. And the first letter we start with is Teth. And the main theme of this section is, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord. Mostly for providing the law. The guardrails that allowed the writer to live a better life is what he seems to be saying. And the next section is Yod. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments is the big idea. And the Hebrew letter Yod is comparable to the English Y or I, and it's the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It looks like a little tiny up and down mark. And remember in Matthew 5.18, when Jesus said, one yacht or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law? Well, this is what he was talking about. The tittle is the little hook that's on some letters. So Jesus was basically saying, neither the crossing of a T or dotting of an I shall pass until all be fulfilled. Amen. And again, in this psalm, be prepared for adversity. Afflictions help us find clarity. It exposes where we have been double-minded when at ease. It motivates us to do better, to cut to the chase. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen: Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Fear, in this case, is more about conscience than about nervousness or anxiety. But prisons are full of guys who suppress their conscience or never had one in the first place. So, if we are always guarding our heart, we won't fall into evil, and therefore we are going to have joy. The author of Hebrews warns us about hardening our hearts by not mixing faith with the Lord's will. When we know what to do and don't, the heart gets hard progressively because faith without works or corresponding action is dead. A hard heart has no hope. 
Truth just sits on top of it until it gets stolen. Like the hard-packed dirt in the parable of the sower, scattering seed on different types of soil, a hard-hearted person will fall into mischief. Remember Pharaoh. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for November 26th is Daniel 2.24-3.30. through Therefore Daniel went in unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will shew unto the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king, and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, shew unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream, and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter. And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for their sakes, that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heaven, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, 
The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face, and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel, and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets. Seeing thou couldst reveal this secret, then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Chapter 3 Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast in the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Therefore he spake, and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake, and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel, and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god, except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, that every people, nation, and language, which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Our reading in the New Testament for November 26 is 1 Peter 4, 7 through 5, 14. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us... What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. Chapter 5 The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, 
taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And our reading in Psalms for November 26th is Psalm 119, 81-96. Calf My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon the earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. Lamed Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances. For all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. And our reading in Proverbs for November 26th is Proverbs 28, 15, and 16. As a roaring lion and a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. And that's got it for the 26th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Romans 13, 1, which says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how God appoints all our rulers, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, Your word tells us that from the beginning of time you have chosen the kings of the world and set them up for your purposes. You placed Pharaoh on his throne for the purpose of manifesting your power through Moses. You arranged for the Roman Empire to usurp the Jews' authority over capital punishment so that the world is complicit in the crucifixion, and your hand is on our leaders today. 
We therefore pray for the safety of our leaders and ask that they draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just don't make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Well, I got some good news and bad news. (laughs) 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 That just strikes me funny.